Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Schreckbein, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Unfortunately, we are coming to you today on a very gloomy Monday morning here in the city of Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers fall to the San Francisco 49ers 30-7 to in their home opener, season opener at Acrisure Stadium. A brutal loss, one that was ugly from start to finish for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but plenty to talk about. Are they really this worrisome this early in the season? What's wrong with Kenny Pickett and can it be fixed? And are there good things that we could take away from this game that we believe the Pittsburgh Steelers can build off of moving forward? I don't even want to say it's a beautiful day in the Berg, even though it definitely feels like fall and it felt like fall yesterday and it had all the makings of a beautiful Sunday football or football Sunday didn't happen. But anyways, I feel my friend, you know, feeling, feeling good. Um, this was a, this was a rough weekend for football in Pittsburgh at Acrisure stadium specifically. That was a, I don't think they're, I'm, you know, I haven't been, following the Steelers as closely as, as I am now for, for very long, but you'd be hard pressed to find two back-to-back days of like home games at Axtra stadium that have been worse than, than this weekend, than what, what happened this weekend out on the North shore. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And I don't think like, I mean, I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think two quarterbacks have played worse in that stadium dressed in Pittsburgh colors Maybe all time, like maybe in the history of both organizations, but it was it was awful, you know, from start to finish. Just like we said, we will dive into Kenny Pickett. We will dive into the defense. TJ Watt is on pace for a record season. So at least there is some good to take away from that. On top of a couple other things that I think I took away from the locker room yesterday that, you know, leave me. I don't want to say optimistic, but more ready to accept that. This isn't the end of the road. The season is not over for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But before we do dive into the Steelers side of things, there is one good thing that came out of the locker room and the uh, press conferences on Sunday, and that is that Kenny Pickett did not call all of the booing fans pathetic, which means that he technically wasn't the biggest baby in Pittsburgh all weekend. Yeah, it's true. Um, he wasn't, that was a real pro move by Kenny. Maybe, um, (laughs) yeah, it's, that was, I remember sitting in, you know, so Kenny and, uh, and, uh, 
and Phil, you know, they end up doing their, their press conferences in the same room. I, I was, you know, just on different days, but I was sitting in that press conference room, listening to Phil say that. And I heard someone ask the question. I look up a little bit. I hear him start to answer it. And then, oh, my head just goes right back down in my laptop. I'm like, oh no, Phil, why did you, <laughs> why was that the answer, man? Like why, like, I don't know. He had successfully deflected so many other questions. I was like, oh man, why didn't oh, you yeah. just, why'd you just deflect that one? Like you can go say that to anyone else. You can go say that anywhere else besides in this room right now with a bunch of microphones and cameras in your face. It was, it was tough, but yeah, it was, it was, I, I don't know. Kenny is definitely like Kenny is one, I think to maybe take this one and take this kind of performance and stride it a little bit, a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, obviously he's the main focal point of conversation right now. I want to make it clear, at least in my stance, that I'm not blaming this on Matt Canada at all. Like, I think the opportunities were there. I think the offense at times had a flow to it. And, you know, even when you the first the first drive, you ran that little pass to Calvin Austin and didn't work. You didn't go back to it. And I thought that's that's a huge step forward for Matt Canada. That is a good day. The offensive struggles for me go down to two things. And we're going to dive into both of them. The offensive line looked atrocious almost the entire game. There were times where they looked okay, but for the most part, atrocious. I mean, Drake Jackson finished with three sacks on the day. That should never happen. Like it just never. It should never happen. And Kenny Pickett probably played his worst game in a Steelers uniform since taking over the job in week four against the Jets. He finished the day, I want to say it was 31 of 46 for 232 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. He averaged five yards a pass, and he had a 68.4 passer rating, which is, I mean, obviously a little step down from his 158 during the preseason you watched his game. You know, we will dive into everything, and I think that's important. But what what was the big takeaway for you when it came to Kenny Pickett? Yeah, just uh, like you said, like there was no one to blame but himself. Um, Kenny was inaccurate. Yeah. Kenny had happy feet in the pocket. Kenny was missing guys when they were open. He was not taking adv- – he was not throwing the ball when, when guys were open. It wasn't even just the inaccuracy. It was the choices he made to throw or not throw. Um, yeah, there – you know, you think about – last year and I think back to his first start because I thought this was his worst game since that first start against the Bills but even in that game he threw for 300 yards um yeah like yeah this just there were there were not he, he was not throwing to guys that that were open that he wasn't taking pitches and catches but he was trying to force balls into guys who were covered and and weren't open like yeah this you know his second he threw two picks today right yeah his second yeah. pick the one where he just Threw it straight to Fred oh. Warner. He's trying to throw a jump ball to Connor Hayward against Fred Warner. Uh, that one in double yeah. coverage, which like you know that one. He's it's end of the game. He's trying to make a play. Like you're already down so much. Like that one's less egregious than the one to Deontay. Like I get it, Deontay slipped, but that ball was not getting to him anyway. If he was standing upright, like no. that was that was well covered, and Kenny didn't put the right type of air on it. Like that one was not getting there at all, and. I don't know. The bad decisions just start. It came from the jump and they continued all the way throughout the game. And I don't know. It's, it's the, the loose ball security, I think was, was one of my biggest issues with Kenny today, because that is something that he had done really well all the way up through, through the end of last season. You know, ever since he took over, it was, that was just uncharacteristic and it was not, 
it was not good at all. No, I agree. I think that was the biggest thing is Kenny's the guy that we talked all offseason was not going to be the one to turn the ball over. He's not going to lose you a game. He lost them a game. Like, and he's not the only one. The defense contributed. The offensive line was terrible. But when it came to the pass, it was Kenny. That was Kenny Pickett. He had, it, there were a number of times. I mean, even the Pat Fryermuth touchdown, inaccurate. But the pass before that to, to Fryermuth, where he got hurt, where he got hit in the chest, what are you doing? Why are you throwing that football? Awful pass. Deontay Johnson's wide open, walking into the end zone. I think two plays later or maybe yeah, a play a, later yeah. throws it behind oh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, you throw those two interceptions. But on top of that, you throw the one where Fred Warner didn't catch the football on the along the sideline oh, where yeah. he should have caught the football. That should have been another interception. The one that Hufanga comes down with. I mean, I get it. Like, it's the end of the game. You're trying to make a play just like you said. But at the same time. There's single coverage with George Pickens on the sideline. I'm going to that option 10 times out of 10. And you're not just. You have a little bit of momentum. The game is only 27 to seven. And there's still like, I think there, I think there was like 14 minutes or 13 minutes left in the football game. Like you could still, you could make something happen. You know, that game is not over completely at that moment. And, and it just felt like he was on top of that. Yeah, you're right. Like, there were no moments where he stepped up in the pocket comfortably. There were no moments where he held himself in the pocket the way that he should or the way that he showed that he that he could at the end of last season. I think that was the biggest thing is it looked like the end of last year, there was momentum that he could do the things that a professional quarterback should do, like stay in the pocket, step up, be able to not throw bad passes to avoid those bad passes. You know, you don't have to throw good passes. Just don't throw bad passes. And in this one, it looked like it was only bad passes. It looked like he was very inaccurate and he looked like he was rattled the entire game, which, you know, I think there's a big question here. And that is, should he have played more in the preseason or is this a worry that, you know, maybe against these really high powered offense, can he just, Kenny just isn't there yet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess you can look back in hindsight and say, you know, there's something to maybe getting some more reps during the preseason, but I don't know. Like he played so how many drives did they get? They got like five total drives. Five. Yeah, maybe, but like you think one or two more drives here or there in the last preseason game was really gonna change things? Like I don't know. At a certain point, like he's a professional quarterback and, you know, a couple weeks off or something shouldn't a couple weeks off from game action or limited game action. The preseason shouldn't, I don't know. It it shouldn't just make you completely inaccurate, inaccurate for an entire game. Like if that was the, if that was the, if that was the issue, then you would think that Kenny would have warmed up throughout the game and gotten a little bit better as the game progressed. And then the second half is a different story from the first half, but that was not the case either. No, I agree. I agree. I think that a lot of people are, and it was a, a huge topic of conversation like within the press box and within the media during the game was, oh, well, maybe you should have played a little bit more in the preseason. I'm like, I don't really think that the Atlanta Falcons backups were the answer to why he's so bad right now. I just don't. Like, I look at it and just say, Kenny was just playing up bad. Like, he just, at no moments in this game, did Kenny Pickett look good at all. Are you worried? that this is going to continue or do you look at it and just say this is a bad game from Kenny Pickett? 
Uh, I think I well, I certainly don't think it'll be this bad throughout the entire season. Um, like yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I think one thing I think we do have to do is give credit to the Forty Nine. Yeah. That team yeah. is loaded. Like that team's stacked. Yeah, and I did see someone say during the game, like, and I think I was a little bit of a victim of this too. Like I walked into it thinking, oh, the Forty Nine are like nothing special. Like, yeah, great scheme, mm-hmm. great defense, but like there's not a ton of playmakers on that offense, and like. It's heavily relying on that scheme. So when they face some like a defense with a ton of talent, like the Steelers have, like that's going to be a problem, but they, they proved me completely wrong. Like they were, Ayuk is a, is a great playmaker. Debo Samuel is awesome as well. McCaffrey, you know, you know what McCaffrey is, but like Purdy, I thought like made all the right decisions too, pushed all the right buttons. He didn't have to do a whole lot, but he was, he was good too. And then that defense is also loaded, but yeah, like you, that team was much better and played much better than I thought they would. Yeah, I look at I agree. I I think that it is going to be hard to see a team that good again this season. But I do say that what makes me feel, I guess, that there is a little bit of a bright side is that the Steelers are a team that does that do they do progress, you know, like they always start here and they finish here. But I thought coming into the season and I talked about this was were you going to start here and finish here? Or were you going to start here and finish here? And I thought here was like the Super Bowl caliber team. Like this is a team that can make a run. This is a playoff team. You know, right now the Steelers are starting at a team that is just as bad as they always start, which isn't a Super Bowl and nowhere near a Super Bowl team. And they have to build their way into a playoff team, which means that in my head early, I'm, I remove myself from saying that, the Pittsburgh Steelers are Super Bowl bound or can make a magical run. But at the same time, I think that me and you talked about this all offseason long. We we did probably fall for the Steelers hype a little bit. But at the same time, like you could go back to the first time we mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers as a Super Bowl team. And we continued to say the Steelers window is open, but it's a three year window like it starts right now. But it doesn't mean that they're a Super Bowl team right now. It just means that maybe next year they're a Super Bowl team or maybe the year after that they're a Super Bowl team. And I think that that showed itself today that the Pittsburgh Steelers can't right now, at least, cannot compete with the San Francisco 49ers. And I mean, I, I didn't watch every NFL game and I didn't you know, I, I didn't have the opportunity and I won't have the opportunity all season long. But if I had to put my money on a team that's going to end up in the Super Bowl, it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers like that team looks ridiculous from from top down. But. Am I worried about Kenny Pickett and these guys like not being able to at one point compete with them? No. Do I know if that's going to be this season? I, I, I truly, I truly, truly don't, but you know, we'll see. What are you looking for before we move on to the rest of this team? What are you looking for in Kenny in week two? You know what I mean? You, you go from an awful game and then you play the Browns at home who looks really good against the Cincinnati Bengals at home on Monday night. What does Kenny Pickett got to do? Does all you have to do is win a football game? I mean, that'd be nice, yeah. Um, but I think he's also got, yeah. Yeah, it would be a good um, start. But, like, take care of the football. Um, throw for, like, 250 or more yards. Like, get George Pickens more involved. Um, like, those are the things. Those, yes. I think, are the big three things that I'm I'm looking for is that, you know, and I think, well, actually, let me rephrase that. Like, don't turn the ball over get George Pickens involved and start a lot faster. Um, Kenny talked about in the post game about, you know, yeah, you would like to have more balance to your offense. And I think that's where the Steelers will thrive, but 
I don't know. You go three and out in your first, what, like five drives or something. You run 15 plays in total yeah. in your first five drives. And you won't have the chance to, like, no matter who you are playing, you will not have the chance to establish any kind of balance. Like, that's not, you were playing exactly. from behind, from the jump. And that's partially on you, Kenny. Like, that's, you know, the defense let up those points. Yeah. But it was, they get credited with those points. But, like, you know, like I said, 15 plays on five drives will not give your defense a ton of chance to rest. It'll give you unfavorable field position it will do all these things that lead to a double digit deficit before you can even blink exactly and that's a good transition because the defense didn't look good they didn't look great i don't think they i don't think i want to say they didn't look good because i think at times they looked good but they didn't look great by no means but they started there will be a lot of people who have a platform like ours who will say things like and I'm not, I'm not naming anybody in specific. I, I don't actually have any idea if anybody will at all. But I'm going to guess that people will say, well, the defense was exhausted and that hurt them. In my eyes, the defense started terribly, got a little bit better, then was terrible again. And I do blame 50% of that second half. Anything that happened in the second half on, for the most part, I could say, yeah, well, maybe if they didn't have to go out there every three and out, you know, guys like Cam Hayward wouldn't be dealing with groin injuries and this team wouldn't be so exhausted and beat up and you wouldn't have to be rotating Isaiah Loudermilk and Keanu Benton and Montrevious Adams in every three plays and Nick Herbig wouldn't have to play so much. You, you wouldn't have to deal with these things. But those first couple drives were bad. The cornerbacks, very concerning. We've talked about that all offseason long, all training camp long, all preseason long. People have told us left and right, you got to stop hammering. These guys will be fine. They're not. Like, that's such a pressing concern for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pat P called out Brock Purdy, said that he'd get a, get a, an interception, said that the 49ers have tells. He didn't get one. He, uh, he didn't come close, and he got beat, uh, like, twice for two for touchdowns i'm not i'm not gonna say he got beat the second time i'll take that one back that was a beautiful pass by brock Purdy and a beautiful yeah. catch oh by yeah it was Brandon a much Ayuk. better catch than it was but, throw i felt like like if yeah, yeah that was gorgeous that was all around gorgeous but the defense as a whole uh, i mean didn't didn't really there are some good parts i do want to talk about the good parts but first the bad uh, i didn't think yeah. they looked very good uh in coverage they looked lost a bunch of the times like how many times, like, Ayuk had a crazy game, but he was also running wide open, like, a ton of the time. Like, he yes, he would be right in the middle of five or, like, three defenders, and all Brock Purdy had to do was throw to an open receiver for a 15-yard gain. Like, that was – this. the 49ers made it look so easy, and that's, you know, partially on that scheme and everything. Like, we know what they can do, but that's also on the Steelers not being able to react to and, – and I think that's, like, also part of what kind of underscores this is that – yeah, you can talk all you want about how good the 49ers are, but that's a team that the Steelers, like, you alluded to this a little bit, but that's a team that the Steelers want to compete with. That's a team the Steelers thought they should compete with. That's what we think yep. that this team is capable of. And, you know, you don't get graded on a curve in that sense, you know? Like, last year you might have gotten graded on mm -hmm. a curve, you know, but this year the expectations are way too high. So when you put up, you know, when you're an elite defense and you face an elite offense, you are supposed to win. Like there's no, it's very black and white in that way. And so, mm -hmm. like I said, we can talk up these guys, the 49ers all we want and they were really good, but we expected the Steelers to be really good. And, and they weren't, especially on defense. I just thought the, the, the secondary was not, 
Like it wasn't even just like it was coverage mostly, but then also like the tackling deteriorated as the game went on, and it yes. was, and then it started to get ugly. Yeah, it was exactly, exactly. It just it got worse and worse as the game went on, and it didn't seem to get any better. That second, it was the second and third line just were not there. You know, the inside linebackers struggled in coverage. The cornerbacks struggled heavily in coverage, and I, I did even the safeties like didn't didn't do much. They tried to run a lot of three safety sets with like Minka being able to play up at the line and they'd always just go away from Minka and then they'd make a play because nobody else is able to do anything. And I just kept thinking like, why just let Minka play center field? Because they obviously understand what you're doing and they're beating it 10 times out of 10 times. Yeah. The defense looked, the defense looked rough at parts and there are things that are going to improve. And I expect like Deshaun Watson didn't look the greatest against the Cincinnati Bengals. So I anticipate that they will improve in week two, you know, when you're not against such a quarterback friendly offense and guys like Brandon Ayuk and Brock Purdy and all these things. But just like you said, like, you know, you're not going to, you're going to play the, you're not going to play a bad team in the playoffs. You know, you're not going to play a bad team in the Super Bowl. You're not, you're going to, it's great teams. You have to beat great teams to make a run. That's the standard that the Pittsburgh Steelers have set for themselves. I mean, Kenny Pickett said it before the game. He said it's a Super Bowl or bust season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Deontay Johnson called the Super Bowl for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're nowhere near a Super Bowl team, so you have to hold them to that caliber because that's where they hold themselves, and they're just they're just not there. Let's talk about some good. you got to finish off with some good here because there, there were some goods. TJ Watt currently on pace for 51 sacks this season, which is an NFL record, which would be pretty good. Pat Fry, or, uh, Pat McFarley, Pat McFarley, Pat McAfee. <laughs> I don't even know who Pat McFarley is. Pat McAfee promised a $500,000 charity donation to the charity of TJ Watt's choice. If he breaks the sack record, uh, 51 sacks would, uh, would do it. And yeah. And make it very difficult for anybody to ever break it ever again. On top of that, he tied James Harrison's sack record, which I think we all anticipated was going to get broke this season. Anyways, he only needed three and a half sacks to do so. I just felt like that was, you know, a gimme. He looks fantastic. I thought Alex Highsmith impressed, especially going up against Trent, Trent Williams. He didn't look good all the time, but he he forced pressure on that side a lot, and Brock Purdy loves to go to that side, and you noticed it a couple of times where Brock tried to go to that side, realized that pocket was collapsing, so he had to go to the other side, and boom, TJ Watts right there. Thought those two looked good. Um, thought Keanu Benton had a couple of good plays. There were some good things on the defense that I, I took away that I think they could grow from. Yeah, it was almost all on the defensive line, right? Like, yeah. And that was despite Okunjobi. Uh, and Leal and Cameron Hayward all going down. Like yeah. the de- there's some real depth there. So that, I think that's a good reason for like optimism too. Like I think, you know, unfortunately this game reminded you a lot of last year. Yes. And one thing I remember a lot about last year was getting worn down by the run game in second half. So like when you talk about exhaustion like that, I, I don't think the same thing will happen this year because they will have so many fresh bodies. They will be so deep that, you know, teams just aren't going to be able to run right over them late in games and ice games like that, uh, that'll give them a little bit more of a chance in close games in the, in the second half. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's gonna, that that's where you build off of, you know what I mean? Pittsburgh Steelers defensive success has always come from their front seven and being able to get to the quarterback and being able to shut down run games. And if you could build there, you know, like they have the formula, 
you know, and Mike Tomlin knows the formula. He's won super he's won a Super Bowl with this formula before. He's built this team to know what the super or what the formula is. And that formula is get a really good front and then work work in the back. And I think that that's, you know, where they are and they're trying to build that back end. Whether or not they get there by the end of the season, that's a huge question mark. I don't know. I think Joey Porter's development will be a huge one. He barely played in this one. I don't even know what his snap count was, but I would guess it's under like yeah. 15 snaps or something like oh, that. If it was that many, I'd be shocked. Like That's that what I'm was... saying. It, a bear, at one point, actually, he went to run out onto the field and one of the coaches grabbed him and we're just like, nah, you're not going out there. And I was just like, man, dude, Joey just he's getting no love out here. Um I think that the secondary has the options. Desmond King will come in at some point. He didn't play, obviously. I just I think that they will try to figure it out. I think Anthony Brown is a name also when it comes to the secondary. He's on the practice squad right now, but he's only three weeks removed from being cleared from an Achilles injury. So at some point, I think maybe they could move him up and replace him with James Pierre, and I think that's another option, a guy who started 12 games for Dallas last season. I do think that they have options. Whether or not they figure it out, I have no idea. But they have the building blocks, and those building blocks are the front. And if you have any money left in your sports book account, unlike me, because I went like 0 for 7 in week one of the NFL. It was rough, man. It was so, so rough. Um, I would I would drop a couple of bucks on TJ Watt, and I'd feel okay about it. I'd feel, I'd feel pretty confident about that about that bet. The other name that uh the other name that stood out that I thought I had a good game, Anthony McFarlane. Oh yeah. Oh, Punt yeah. returner? Maybe. Yeah. Or a kick returner? I think they got one. Yeah, and he had that huge catch on it wasn't the drive they scored on, was it? That fourth it was. down catch. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he did a lot of things really well. And you could just feel like every return got like longer. Like he yes. got more yards on it and you were like, Oh man, he is like he he's gonna break at least one this year. And yeah. it's gonna Unless teams just like stop kicking to him, because I also thought the 49ers did that in the second half. They just yeah, they were just they went to the locker room. They they lock in, they went into the locker room and they were like, "Do not let that guy touch the ball, yeah. or else you're <laughs> gonna get burned on something." So yeah, he he definitely had a good game. I thought Calvin Austin had a good game too. Yes, caught a couple of passes. Um, like showed off that speed. Like that's that's a perfect like you know you would like to see it come in a better game, and I think maybe in a better offensive attack, like he's or maybe a better offensive day, he he's able to do a little bit more, but. He had a different wrinkle that I thought was was helpful and useful and could be something down the road. Yeah, I agree. I thought Calvin looked – I didn't think he looked good in the punt return game. thought he made no. a mistake or two there. Um, but in the preseason, I think that you know there was enough there that I'm like, oh, I'm not pulling him. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. Anthony McFarland looked real good. Calvin Austin looked real good. Allen Robinson looked real good. Yeah. Allen Robinson looked real good. And I think that that is huge because when, once this starts rolling, once the offense actually gets clicking – Al Robinson's going to get forgotten, and we don't know what's going on with Deontay Johnson's hamstring right now. That could be a huge concern for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't know if he's going to miss time or how long he's going to miss hamstring injuries. It looked bad, and you know he looked like he was in a lot of pain. And with a wide receiver, like the get off, you know what I'm saying? Like hamstrings could be a huge issue for those guys. Allen Robinson stepped up. Calvin Austin stepped up. I think that the wide receiver core will be okay if Deontay can't go, but that is a huge loss. Uh, we'll have more on those on, on Wednesday obviously but again overall week one eh would you say that the uh would you say the season's over for the uh what, what would you say your expectations have lowered to for the Pittsburgh Steelers they still a playoff team in your head yeah yeah I think so because I I don't know I also like you know I look across the NFL and I looked at a bunch of these other 
these other scores, and I'm like, yeah. wow, the Bengals look like they stink right now. Like, yes. who else? Uh, the the Jags like struggled with the Colts. Yes, like, with the Colts. The, like, what are you yeah, doing? Like, they were. I mean, the as we record this, the Eagles were. I don't. Know, I haven't checked the score in a minute, but the Eagles were like struggling with the Patriots. Like, there there is a lot to be said for Week One's a little wonky. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of these teams. I mean, the Bengals did get blown out by the by the Browns, but like. You know, I I I have I don't think my expectations change for them at all. I still think they can win. You know, nine or you know ten, eleven, maybe even twelve games. Like who knows? Like this is just because this was always one that I think that we knew was going to be a toss up. We didn't expect yeah. them to get beat this badly, but at the end of the day, it still just counts as one, and and we knew that would be a possibility. It's not like they dropped. You know, this isn't like the Rams game. You know, they're dropping yes. or uh, or Houston uh, or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is this is a team that they could conceivably have lost to and probably should, you know, they were, they were underdogs heading into this game and yep. clearly for good reason. Yep. I agree. I agree. I still look at them in a playoff team. I still look at them in the AFC North race. I think if anything, they're more in the AFC North race right now because Cincinnati the lost whole division, whole division, like even the Ravens against Houston, I don't think were that impressive. No. Right and now. they lost JK Dobbins for the whole season. And who knows what's going to happen with Ronnie Stanley who hurt his knee. The Browns look good against the Bengals, but Sean Watson didn't look good. So like what's going to happen there? You just, you just don't know. You just don't know. Yeah, I agree. Week one wonkiness is a real thing. You could ask again my sports book because, <laughs> you know, the Minnesota Vikings shouldn't have oh, lost yeah. to yeah, who they lose to. The the Buccaneers. The who, Buccaneers. I, who are like who like should who like should be tanking. They should be in Caleb Williams watch too. Like they what, are. Like, That's how bad week one is. That's how bad. Well, the Cardinals did their job. Cardinals did what barely. They, they tried as yeah. hard as they could not to. That's what I'm saying. Is they is you're right. Week one wonkiness is a it's a real thing in the NFL, and it maybe it hit the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't. I'm not going to say it did, but I think that there's plenty of room to grow, and that there's should still be some optimism about where the Pittsburgh Steelers are moving forward. That being said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. Find all of the latest injury updates, news, and quotes, replies from Patrick Peterson about not picking up or picking off Brock Purdy, anything you want at allsteelers.com throughout the week, and all of our pick coverage as Phil uh, Jerkovic. Did I just say that name right? Jakovic. Jakovic, thank you. I'm not good with win names. We know this. Um, tries to uh, bounce back from a little rough weekend at Acrisure Stadium at InsideThePanthers.com. We will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.